This year's Biblical Symposium of the Orthodox Center for the Advancement of Biblical Studies will be held online Saturday, June 13, 2020. Space is limited to 100 attendees, so register today by going to ephesusschool.org. Father William Mills, author of Losing My Religion, is the featured keynote speaker. Other presenters include the Very Reverend Dr. Paul Nadim Tarazi, Dr. Nikolai Roddy, Professor of Hebrew Bible and Old Testament at Creighton University, and Dr. Richard Benton and Father Mark Bulos of the Bible as Literature podcast. Register today by going to ephesusschool.org. You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. In this week's program, Father Paul explains that the biblical author intended Genesis 1-1 through 2-4 as a totality on its own and an expansion of Genesis 1-1. I am happy to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. The scriptural text by the assessment of scripture itself is not alive in the sense that it is brought to life by each reader. A life whose meaning is determined by each reader. Life as I understand it. Because if you do that, you can take any text and make it meaningful for you. It could be so. But what is the intent of the author? But with this fad of reader response, the intent of the author, he's dead, we can't ask him. Okay? So we play games with our pieces of Lego. Let me go back to the Lego. Scripture is a built up the way you do it with Lego, but it's already a built up. It's not you dismantle the pieces and do them, and this is what we do with our theologies. That's why you have every church, sect, we are the true Israel or church. And then you listen to them, They speak different things. How is that possible? It is because this reader-response fad is not novel. I mean, people have used it since the beginning, but it was given a name nowadays. Rather, the text, the scriptural text, presents itself as life-giving in the sense that it bestows the life it, the text, is speaking of and determining for, and thus imposing over every hearer. That's another thing about my interest in words. Life. Oh, let me tell you. I don't want you to tell me. Because I can tell you also. I'm interested that we find out what the word life, whatever it is in the original, means in the text and not life as we understand it today 
every generation again has the right to review and so on. That's not what we hear in Psalm 78. Every generation has to be taught. Remember Ephesians, you have learned Christ, which is technically you have been taught Christ. The hearers may accept such proposition or refuse. However, they are forbidden by the text itself to rephrase, let alone redefine and redetermine the proposal. Okay, remember my story with the lawyers in America. My lawyer in Danbury was from Lebanese descent and said, you know, I know, I know, Father Paul, where you're coming from. <laughs> but what counts on these blessed shores is the text you're going to sign on. So let's spend an extra 45 minutes, for which I shall not charge you because I like you. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you what you are signing on, not what you told me last week. If you don't like it, we change it until you like it. But everything written, I am going to explain it to you because these are legal terms. Beautiful example. Very early I had to learn that. And I was put to shame. You know, he was younger than I am. In his way, very respectful, but as a lawyer, you know, with a smile. At the end of the scriptural times, Paul will capture the intent of scripture by referring to it as the gospel of Ipakoi, which should be translated as submission rather than obedience. Obedience nowadays is mis mishandled to the extent that ultimately you obey yourself. <laughs> Can you imagine a subaltern telling the general, but this is how I understood your command. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. Okay. Time and again, I indicated that the literary divisions of the book of Genesis are determined by the term toledot and that this plural noun meaning birthings birthings stands at the beginning of the section it is introducing as a chapter title would. Okay? You begin the toledot of someone by speaking about his progeny, not so much about himself. Notice Adam. These are the Toledot of Adam. When Adam was so many years, he begat his son Seth. It is as though he's already eliminated. Okay. It's a title of a chapter. I also explained why and how Genesis 1 through 4 is an exception in that the phrase, the Toledot, birthings of the heavens and the earth, is found not in Genesis 1.1, but in Genesis 2.4. And this is the basis for my discussion of this section. It's very strange. That first you're presented with the heavens and earth, and then you conclude by saying this. It looks backwards. Only in this case, 
However, here I should like to pursue this endeavor further and ask, is the precise location of this title at Genesis 2.4 intended by the author merely as a straddle that links the two creation narratives as 99.9 of the scholars say and thus invite the hearers to take Genesis 1 through 4 as a chapter preceding the following chapter of the Toledot of Adam in Genesis 5, 1 through 6, 8. Is it its intention to link these two narratives? Or is it also to separate the two narratives and make of them subsections of the same Toledot chapter? Valid question. Is he linking? Obviously he's linked, but separating, and if so, why? In other words, is Genesis 1, 1 through 2, 4 intended to be heard as a totality on its own? In other words, just as Genesis 1, 1, as I explained in my book and podcasts, functions as a title to the entire scripture, was Genesis, was or is, Genesis 1, 1 through 2, 4, intended to be a unit and function as an overarching introduction to the entire scripture? Is the author making of this chapter and four verses an expanded introduction of Genesis 1.1. And again, I'm stressing the word introduction. I'm convinced that one can make the case for this proposal from the structure as well as the vocabulary of that passage. Let me start with what would be the closing of that section, which is 2.4. I referred to it earlier as viewed by many as a straddle, which view is reflected in the translations. Bear with me, take notes, open your Bible, and try to follow. They punctuate verse 4 in the following manner. They divide it in two parts with a period and use a comma at the end of the verse. Consequently, they read verses 4-5 in the following way. Okay? I'm going to RSV. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. Period. In the day that the Lord made the earth and the heavens, when, this is verse 5, no plant of the field was yet in the earth, and no herb of the field had yet sprung, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was no man to till the ground, and they continue. The same is found, and I checked on that, in German, French, Italian, and Spanish translations. They put a period in the middle of 
verse 4. Although KJV uses a comma in the middle of verse 4, it still uses a comma at the end of the verse, thus linking verses 4-5 into one statement. The Hebrew, the Greek Septuagint, and the Latin Vulgate have no punctuation throughout, so you can't appeal to them in matter of punctuation, which is interesting because in this sense they reflect the Hebrew. There is nothing there you have to. You know, the verses and so on, and the point was put later. So the plausible solution lies in analyzing the Hebrew, which analysis will reveal the following features. One feature, the phrase, Elle Toledot, so and so, which is the in English, these are the Toledot of so-and-so, in Scripture, is systematically self-standing as a complete sentence. I'm going to give you the references. Please double-check on that. Genesis 5, 1, 6-9, 10-1, 11-10, 11-27, 25-12, 25, 19, 36, 1, 36, 9, 37, 2. And see also Ruth 4.18. But it's enough that in Genesis you have a statement that begins something standing. So it stands to reason to treat Genesis 2.4 as a no exception to the rule. Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.